0: Welcome back to The Process Podcast with me, your host, Danielle Kopperman.
1: The lovely thing about ritual and routine is it becomes part of your cellular makeup and your body remembers what you're going to do. So even just thinking about having your hair combed, if you like your hair combed, or having a massage, if you like a massage, you can feel it in your body as if it's happening it's already a calming effect.
0: I'm beyond excited for today's episode. Not only was it a well overdue catch up, but such a nice in-depth chat with my good friend Jasmine Hemsley. I first met Jasmine about 10 years ago when we both began working in the food and wellness industries. Since then, our journeys have evolved somewhat, but I've always felt we've resonated on every level, beyond food, into all areas of our lives. In this episode, we begin a really free-flowing catch-up by delving into life over the past few years, discussing moving out of London and exploring manifestation, visualization, and how to notice and navigate signs as you go through life. We discuss how to notice when something's just not right, when it's perhaps time for a change, and how to notice when something is genuinely meant for us as opposed to just a test, which is something that comes up a lot in manifestation. This is a really interesting topic because I'm always confused and I think I confuse myself unnecessarily because anytime something happens, I'm like, is this a test? Is this real? Is this coming? Is it going? So it's really, it was really interesting to discuss this with Jasmine and get her approach on the topic too. We also discuss the power of letting things just happen naturally, letting things come and go and we also delve of course into Ayurveda, the lifestyle teachings and methodologies of Vedic tradition that I personally resonate deeply with and find so fascinating. Jasmine is very well versed in the topic, she's an expert in the field and everything that she has to say on the matter is always so interesting and the whole topic is very intricate and very varied and very individualized for each person so it's always something I could talk for hours about. We take a look into diet, rituals and beauty practices as well as spirituality, energy and energetics. Yeah, we cover a lot of quite varied ground. We also talk about feminine energy and how in today's life it's hugely underrated as a significant role in our well-being and our mental health, as well as our happiness and the ability to find balance. I really love this episode and I always leave chats with Jasmine feeling incredibly inspired and uplifted. So I hope you will too. Here she is.
1: Hi my love, welcome to the podcast, how are you? Thank you Danielle, I'm, uh, I've am i had better mornings <laughs> as you can tell by uh, the kerfuffle to get here but um, I'm really well and it's so lovely to speak to you after so long.
0: I know, it's been ages, I mean I haven't seen you for years because of obvious reasons but... It has been ages, like so much has changed and I'm excited to catch up. So you're in London at the moment?
1: So I live just outside London, on the edge of London and Kent. Some people call it mm. Greater London, some people call it Kent. <laughs> um, nice. But I mean, we're talking a 20-minute train journey into Victoria. Yeah. So I feel like it's the countryside <laughs> in comparison yeah. to where I was living in central London. But um, yeah, it's a, a little suburb.
0: Yeah, how was that move as well? Because I, I can obviously relate, but, like, how was it for you? Because what, did you move just before COVID, right? A
1: year before, so we had yeah. a to get settled. Um, but I was living in Elephant and Castle for 10 years. Yeah. And Nick and I knew we wanted to move at some I and mean, we had zero outdoor space, not even a mm. window box. Um, but the convenience of living in that area was just incredible, just for yeah. getting out to, um, you know, my mum's, his mum and Devon, um you know, in and around London. I could get everywhere. I, had, I think I had the Bakerloo line, the Northern line. Yeah. Um, Buses to Oxford Street. It was, and buses to Shoreditch. It was, it was just perfect. Mm. We actually got kicked out because of our dogs. <laughs> it's a bit, a bit naughty, but our concierge and everybody was cool with us having dogs because we lived in, um, we lived on the ground floor, so we okay. didn't even use the, the kind of public spaces. But yeah. the rules are no pets. So <laughs> once someone dobbed us in, it was game over <laughs> and uh, we had to get out fast. And there's a whole story around manifesting this house, um, maybe for another time. but uh... No,
0: let's go into it. I want to. <laughs> oh, my goodness.
1: How to go here? So <laughs> the longer story is we knew we wanted to move for forever, but we also didn't know where to go. So we didn't have anything to pin our pin our dreams on we didn't have any direction or any focus to to make it happen because secretly we were really kind of enjoying where we were yeah and then obviously we got kicked out so we I was in I think I was in LA and I was uh, doing some kind of Vedic studies um, and having a little bit of a holiday and then I went to New York and I had had an appointment in my diary to speak to um, my baby brain, can't remember the words now, a psychic. <laughs> okay, yeah. And I forgot I had this appointment in my diary, and obviously New York time is uh, is completely different, and I remember just waking up at 7am in the morning, like jumping up and getting on the call, already having missed 10, 15 minutes. And, I mean, this lady was, like, three-month wait list. Um, mm-hmm. And we'd, we'd spoken once before, and she said, How are you? What's going on? What's happening? And I said... Um, Um, yeah I'm loving it I've been in LA it's been amazing I'm in New York now and I'm coming home Um, I think maybe we should move to LA Nick and I I think you know it's got the sunshine it's got this incredible wellness scene it's very exciting and um, she said yeah no (laughs) Uh, I see you in a place beginning with B and commuting into London and I was like you know there was me having this LA dream (laughs) some suburb and you want me to commute in and I remember shutting that down straight away and then continuing talking about other things mm. I couldn't think of any suburb beginning to be and if I was going to go back out I would go probably to where I you know uh, came from which was Kingston Surbiton area and I didn't love the idea of commuting when I'd you know been smack bang in the middle of London so um I forgot about that but That same day, Nick said, I've seen this incredible house on a a website and I'm really bored and you haven't been here for a month um, and they're doing an open day, so I'm just going to pop along. And he came back Mm. and said, oh, it's amazing. It's 70s. It's funny enough, L.A. style. Yeah. Uh, We're going to love it, but it's totally out of our price range and loads of people were interested in it. I don't think it's going to happen. Anyway, when I saw it in the brochure, I I loved it. And we just kept talking about it and talking about it. And then over the next couple of months, it happened. And I just kept on visualising myself walking down the stairs. Mm. And um, I remember even buying um, this kind of like... 70s dressing gown in a charity shop and thinking I'm gonna (laughs) walk down the stairs in that dressing gown and Danielle honestly there was so much drama around buying this house in 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 some ways that I also Mm. was it was almost like I could dream this big dream because I also thought it's such a big dream why not and um we got the house we moved in and it wasn't until um it wasn't until I was telling friends about it that I realized I'd moved to Beckenham and it began oh my with feel, so and cool. I have a train journey to London. So yeah, that's the that's the story around the house, and we've been here now for uh, since 2018, and it's been we've been in, able to enjoy it in lockdown. Um yeah. I've uh, my friends followed me from Elephant and Castle, so they're a couple of streets down. So it's become a really lovely home for me. That's so nice. I think it all just
0: works out, but it is really such a scary step especially when you're in somewhere like London because you get so not even attached you're just like so used to it and familiar with the lifestyle
1: I started to really enjoy the commute by train actually it was um it became this kind of like sigh of relief of leaving Mm. that buzz of London behind Mm. um and it created some distance I think I think yeah Mm. London is a very fast moving buzzy place and I think the only other place that I find the energy even more crazy is New York. I've never mm-hmm. been able to sleep in New York.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: So definitely, as you know, the, the the whole thing I feared, which was a commute, which only is 20 minutes, I know. Yeah. But, uh, I, you know, having lived in Serbton, I remember trying to get home after, I guess, my clubbing days and, mm. you know, missing the, la- missing the last train of the evening and p- sitting mm. on night buses and that kind of thing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was a bit wary about moving away from the city but yeah it's worked of,
0: it does give you that space though doesn't it to be like because I feel like if you're in London you're kind of constantly working even if you're not you're at events you're socializing you're thinking about work it's hard to just sit still and then getting a train out I always felt like that visiting my parents in Bath like as soon as I got on the train from Paddington I was like oh my god
1: (laughs) no I know exactly um I studied in Leeds and uh I don't know, there's a lot you can get done on a train as well, I feel. It gives you time to... Half the time there's no Wi-Fi, um, but you can make notes, you can meditate, uh, you can look out the window its you know, see some scenery which you just don't get yeah. in the middle of London.
0: Yeah, and just do nothing sometimes. It's quite nice to just, yeah, watch the world go by and, like, simple little things we just forget
1: about. And what about you um, in France? I mean, that's an even bigger move. Yeah. <laughs> i move mean, moved 20 minutes, you know, out of London, that's all.
0: It's, um very different but again like you we knew we wanted to move somewhere quieter and we've got dog as well so we just we wanted a garden um and we were forced basically only really when covid arose um because we didn't really have much other choice and we were like okay this is kind of our sign to just go and and move and not even think about it because before we were just too comfortable we were like oh would we miss London is it the right decision so it was yeah we were forced in a in a good way and and
1: it's amazing what a push you know where where you land you
0: know yeah it's the it's the best in a way because you're so like open and you don't really like you didn't really have a plan but you kind of just you know something is going to come in it's about trust I guess but with your with your story how did you like you know you said it was quite stressful getting the house and stuff and I always think it can feel so right but there can also be so many tests and I think it would be interesting to talk about how you know whether something's a test and to let it go and I think it'd be interesting to kind of unpick how to I guess it's about your intuition and your gut in the end but I think sometimes for me anyway I feel like is this a test? When it's maybe not, and I'm tr- almost overthinking more.
1: I mean, when you look at anything like manifesting, they always say, you know, don't hold on to it tightly. Be prepared to love your life as it is. If that doesn't happen, like you can yeah. absolutely desire, focus, put your energy there, put your intention, imagine it, feel it, smell it, be it. But you're also com- you're complete without it, and I think. Mm. I don't know that I necessarily exercised that, mm. but because this house was such a big dream that came out of nowhere or or, or basically ticked all of my boxes and came out of nowhere, I almost had this... I, I naturally had that feeling of if it's not for me, it's not for me. If it's mm. not going to work out, it's not going to work out. I think because it happened so quickly, maybe. Whereas when you're trying to make a project happen like opening a cafe or something like that. And, you know, and then you're confronted all the time with setbacks, rejections, Mm. complications. And you're like, is this the universe telling me just to go in a different direction? Yeah. Or am I being tested? Mm. And I think... I think it's important to talk and share. And if other people's opinions... I find often that my gut knows, but my mind is playing good cop, bad cop. And it's only when I say to a friend, blue or yellow, and they say yellow, and then I'm immediately like, nah, it's blue. (laughs) If you can use people's feedback like that to get to what your gut is saying, it's like like sometimes when people you don't like what someone's saying you have to unpack that as well sometimes and say is, yeah. that, is that my ego is that is that I don't want them to be right but I yeah I often find if I'm torn that actually as soon as they give their answer and maybe you know maybe they said blue and I'm like yeah okay blue that feels you know that, that, that is right that is right mm-hmm. um but otherwise I think meditation is really important because I think with all the noise going on with your friends and your family's opinions um and everyone projecting that on you, with all the options available, unless you make time to be quiet, you cannot access that gut knowledge, that instinct. So I think um, carving some kind of inner world time is really important.
0: That makes a lot of sense. I think it's you hit the nail on the head with it being about trying too hard it really comes down to that I think because when you're trying really hard and then you're still feeling there's a lot of resistance that's when I think it's wrong and it's a test and it's trying to tell you something and to go a different way but if you're like you said more aligned more kind of sure in yourself more present in in yourself I guess and what you want and able to be fine without that thing as well I think that's
1: it's really hard I think to sum everything up in a in a quote or a uh, Mm -hmm. a mantra sometimes because you know one that came to mind just then and people have you know people I've worked with have said to me is you know go with the flow um but everything is very nuanced because obviously go with the flow could be going where you're being pulled or where the signs are sending you but it could also be you being bullied or being coerced or being Mm. um forced to out of financial reasons etc so I think you know in the in the Vedic tradition which is um, um my meditation practice they say follow the charm so it's that resonance of something resonating with inside mm. of you which could take you you know for example you could be wanting to be do a very academic job and if you follow the charm you you end up being in a florist mm. And your head's yeah. like, no, that's not what I trained for. That's not what I studied for. That's not why I spent, you know, um, why I've got a loan, taken a loan out to study for. And now I'm in a florist. That doesn't make sense. But then mm. if you can connect with that feeling inside, that actually feels very fulfilled by that. Yeah. That's the happiness. That's that's the happiness being unleashed from inside you, I think.
0: I love that. It's it all comes down to like how things feel at the end of the day. I think we're taught in terms of career and money and success, especially like you've got to, tick these boxes or follow these steps and and you think it's what you want to do and maybe it's something you want to do but you're maybe not following actually the kind of feeling and experience
1: of life that you want yeah and I think the feeling is very it's a very fine feeling I can hear my meditation teacher in my head now it's a fine (laughs) feeling because yes things could be absolutely exciting you know like you could feel that kind of uh, adrenaline of of excitement and maybe it could be fame or fortune or being promoted or being praised but that's a kind of quite um how can I say it? that's an upper
0: mm. and when
1: you have uppers you get downers mm. so the fine feeling is that blissful feeling of I belong here or this is where I need to be right now mm. and of course those, you know, wherever you are in life, it's, you can't control things. So things will happen. You could be in your dream yeah. job. But something horrendous happens in that job mm-hmm. or that you feel is horrendous because life has these crazy paths and you can't control. Um, and I think in that, I have to tell myself, you know, this is an experience that is going to... It's happening for a reason. Yeah, I always think that. How I... um respond is Mm. important i mean um have you heard of peter crone i
0: don't think i have he's
1: great and one of his one of his quotes um that's so good it says um i'm gonna i'm gonna say it wrong (laughs) what happened happened and couldn't have happened any other way Mm. because it didn't
0: yeah i love
1: that i am one of these people that could look like it's fine on the outside and then I go to bed that night and I mull (laughs) it over and think about if I hadn't done that if she hadn't said that if that hadn't happened this would all be fine yeah (laughs) and then that quote helps me go Jasmine drop it how you act now is what's important you know yeah um so uh, yeah
0: um okay let's go into more of like the work you do and kind of the reason I wanted to speak to you today I think it'll be interesting to look at how you first got into this world. It's obviously changed a lot since you first entered it. I remember like I first heard about you when I was on set actually at Marks and Spencer's and one of the team guys was like, oh, you should, I was talking about nutrition and food and stuff and they were like, oh, you should check out the the Hemsy girls. Like they're doing their food delivery and that's kind of how you started, wasn't it? Like ages ago, I remember you were making food and taking like delivering around London. so I guess how did you get into that initially and what has your journey been like from then until now? I mean, that's a big topic, so we'll kind of unpick. But... So
1: uh, I would say I was, uh, how old was I then? I was 30 then. I'd just been in Australia with my other half. My
0: mm-hmm. sister
1: came out with her then partner um, to celebrate my 30th um, nice. and Australia, Sydney was a very inspiring place Um, and then even more so Nick and I went to Byron after which is just a mecca for holistic living, you know it's kind of like Ibiza vibes, Um, you know you've got people who really go to town on food provenance, on um, yoga, meditation, Um, my actual meditation teacher Gary Goro has set up a place called Soma over there which I'm just (laughs) pretending I'm at from afar via Instagram. (laughs) Um, And so that kind of kick-started what happened when I got back. I came back with so many ideas, and I was working um, uh, regularly uh, as a model for uh, Marks & Spencers as well as other jobs. And people were just kind of like, you look so fresh, you're so vibrant, you know, what are you doing? And and then I ended up helping people, and then I ended up doing food deliveries, and then Melissa joined Nick and I, and then it all exploded into basically some kind of underground A-team.
0: It was a good timing in London because I think it was really new then as well wasn't it
1: like yes nothing like it I had been eating in this way for maybe the last 10 years I say since well mm. maybe my early 20s as I came into making my own money and um, and living away from home I realized that didn't feel as good and that I realized was because fast food was on the up eating out was on the up Um, and I wasn't having home cooked food as often and I could really feel it in my, just in my mind body. Um, and so I became really interested in alternatives and, and why that was. And I think the internet was born and I'd read a lot and that's when Ayurveda kind of came in. I also started doing yoga back then and, um, and I think Ayurveda kind of came in that way as well. But Ayurveda answered some questions that I just couldn't work out for myself. And one of the first ones being, why was I really, really hungry the morning after eating really late at night
0: mm, i get that
1: yes and it's because it mess, you mess up your entire digestive system nothing mm. turns off properly at night you don't go into rejuvenation um uh, mode um as well uh and yet if i ate early say six seven o'clock at night and a lighter meal come seven eight a.m i wasn't you know i was just about gearing up to be hungry and it's because my digestive mm. fire had properly gone down for the night other things had happened um And when I was eating late at night, I mean, I would literally, I remember my meditation teacher saying, you know, meditate before breakfast, meditate just right at the start of the day. And I remember looking at him horrified, thinking, I have to eat a bowl of cereal the minute I wake up. Yeah. My blood sugars were all over the place. Yeah. So Ayurveda was um yeah, was really big for me then. Um and and just kind of kept on coming in but it was so esoteric and it, and apart from, you know, the odd yoga classes I was going to in gyms. The language that's around now in describing your mental health, your physical health and having a spiritual practice just was not in my frame of reference. Yeah. My friends weren't talking about it. So it's been a really interesting journey the last uh 20 years actually mm. and um I feel like now, you know, I see I see children younger than 10 talk about being mindful and having quiet time and um you know uh having their own time and doing breath work and i think wow i wish i wish that'd been available to me but you know things happen when they're supposed to happen that's yeah. your journey and um you know you do with it what you can i think there's a lot of um mend and make do is a really good approach to life you know with what yeah. you have start with what you have and take care of what you have yeah that's nice
0: and for anyone listening who's not really familiar with Ayurveda, could you describe it in a nutshell, or like
1: how is a? I'm terrible at doing anything in a nutshell, Daniel. But Ayurveda is means the science of life or the knowledge of life. It's a Sanskrit word, which is an ancient language originating in India. the The whole um, philosophy comes from India. It's a system of health, a health system that's arguably the oldest. Um, it is. If people have heard of traditional Chinese medicine, you know, that happened on the other side of the Himalayas in China, Mm. and uh, both systems read the body and understand that you are nature and you are of nature. And so for me, Ayurveda is like this beautiful manual that um, is incredibly complex and full, but also super simple that that I can just put in a few things into my practice to align me again with nature and I feel the benefits straight away. Mm -hmm. so um, there are many many arms to Ayurveda including surgery and in fact there was a I remember when my book East by West came out in 2019 there was an exhibition at the Wellcome Trust or Wellcome Museum in in London, Edgeway Road and it was all about Ayurveda and it showed how um, doctors from Europe used to travel to India to see how surgeons were operating there they were just so advanced Um, and you know, herbal medicine really came back from India so it's about how you live your life in line with the seasons in rhythm with the day so things like circadian rhythm intermittent fasting avoiding blue light all the things we talk about avoiding blue light in the evening all the things we talk mm-hmm. about now in the well-being world is really what Ayurveda is about but it's not just one thing. It's not just eat fermented vegetables. It's when can you eat fermented vegetables? How much can you eat of fermented vegetables? What's the right time of year? What's the right time of day? So it's like everything, you know, the dose makes the medicine or the poison in Ayurveda. Um, we aim for balance because we thrive in, in balance. And by being attuned to your surroundings and your own body and constitution and needs, you can basically surf through in an easier and more pleasant way
0: Mm, more kind of um prepared for anything and to kind of be able to navigate do you look after
1: yourself in your day-to-day rather than say oh i'm gonna do uh, uh, have a you know go on a crash diet or yeah. or detox heavily because I've done this. It's more about how can you bring in the stuff you love and balance it with other stuff that you equally love when you feel how good it makes you feel. Like an early night, something as yeah. simple as going to bed. I mean, I, I try to tell myself to go to bed. I mean, everything's changed since I've had a baby. <laughs> I know it takes me an hour to wind down, so I try mm-hmm. to, from 9 o'clock, start getting ready for bed so that I can be in bed by 10. Um, and when I do that, I just... I just operate so much better the next day, and it has this incredible knock-on effect. So we can just keep tweaking, tweaking, playing, seeing how society or um, something knocks it out of us, and then we have this toolkit to just all bring it back in again. And we understand mm. why. I think that's what's really important. Ayurveda empowers us to be the um, the master of our health and well-being, rather than rely on someone else to tell you what's wrong with you and what you can do to fix it.
0: Mm, it's a lot more self knowledge and wisdom isn't it and it's probably the only pretty much the only method that really encompasses or like encourages you to bring in a look at your your life as a whole not just what you're eating but like everything because otherwise it is like you said just a crash diet or it's raw or Mm. alkaline there's like all these different things that are Mm -hmm. mainly very food based and
1: in doing that we we miss out on the vast knowledge that we are and how we are operating in our environment i think Mm. yeah it just it might work for for something but it's not a long-term way of living and it's not it's you know this is a much more romantic rather than didactic way of approaching life and i think it fortifies you mentally um and physically and spiritually then all those aspects are one And, and in fact ayurveda is all about that delicate balance between the three
0: yeah and it's more experiential it's like it's so natural to me because it's like Every day you're different, and maybe tomorrow I'll try this, or let's see what happens if I do that. And it's more, you're so much more present in life in general, but especially with yourself. But I think that as a society, we've got so used to like being worried about trusting ourselves or making our own decisions, and we've become so detached from that because we're like, oh, I'll, I'll check this article or I'll check what this person is saying and what I should do if I want to do that, and like if I want to achieve these specific results it's more like we look so externally and I don't know where that disconnect came from but I think that's probably one of the most disruptive things that's happened in society for us because we've become so we
1: became so academic we became so like we 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 decided to intellectualize everything when, you know, just now I've got an 11-month-old baby and just watching her navigate things when we don't have a la- you know, I'm sure she understands a lot of words that I'm saying by now, but, mm. you know, she is reading my energy. She's reading my, you know, I could be saying no and, and my body's laughing because it's actually yeah. cute, And she's totally <laughs> taking the laughing part, you know. Um, but how she is interacting with a lot of my plants... <laughs> Um, but you know how she's taking in the world, and she just has no fear of things, and no, um, and her her balance is incredible, and her you know even when a baby's head is so heavy, and she's got no experience of walking. I mean, the way that a child develops from zero to, to hero is incredible, and I think it just reminds us that all of that is in us. All of that, you know, yeah, we are these incredible, creative beings that appear, and we should always like value that we have so much within us
0: Mm.
1: to guide us and i also think that um i mean going back to how every day you're different you know just even your how how your partner influences your eating your sleeping your the things you do on a weekend how you influence them the way they dress the way they whether they have dessert or not uh Mm -hmm. whether you whether this becomes your new neighborhood restaurant that you guys like together you know there's this massive interaction going on all the time and it's how can you both resonate with each other so that that person is also having um their own time you're having your own time and you know some positive parts that you're into uh are are helping lift them and their you know and vice versa Mm -hmm. so we're always compromising and tugging and pulling and pushing and there's always that going on so it's a Mm. a moving feast it's not this idea that this is balance this is uh i need my food like this i want it to be like this otherwise you just become this rigid Mm. unflexible unhappy existence
0: yeah definitely from experience i could agree
1: with that but also the way you explained it with a partner like that i think it's
0: almost like a metaphor for life in general everything everything's moving and you're kind of there's a push pull in everything and whoever you meet or whatever like whatever experience you come up against like it's this whole kind of give and take every every experience is kind of an opportunity to it's an energetic thing. I think I can't really
1: explain it. You know, cheesy to grow, to grow.
0: Yeah, yeah. And to move and not be too rigid, I guess, like you said.
1: Otherwise, you just stay in your comfort zone. You know, like Nick and I have been together for eight, nearly 19 years now. And now we share our house with this little person. And she's, she could completely be a, a, a totally different personality type and totally disrupt how we like to have our Friday nights. You know, what we've, you know. And I think we have to... The body likes rhythm. The body likes structure. But if you become too kaffir too attached, too, uh, too, you become, you become lethargic and you become, mm. um, yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd say yes to nothing because you just want things to be like this. And, yeah. and that in itself becomes stagnant energy. Um, but for most of us, I would say, given the pace of modern life, all this technology, all this, all these apps, platforms, or even a washing machine means we try to do a lot in a day. So actually, for a lot of us, we're actually trying to um, deal with Vata energy, which takes us here, there and everywhere. And so most of us do need the structure, the routine and a bit more comfort so that we can take time to be quiet and find the value in being still. Mm. So there's no... So there's no like, for example, I was talking about the doshas there. You know, people say to me, well, what's the best dosha to be? And I was like, three <laughs> doshas, so these three energy types make up every single thing in the universe. Me, the desk, um, this box. Um, and you're dominant, maybe in one or two, or maybe you're more equal, which is tridoshi. Mm. Um, that's your constitution that you're born with. But then other things, obviously, as I was saying, your partner, your your work, your group of friends, the building you're in, the season—they're all got their doshas playing on you. And so, again, you're this finding this this balance and constantly moving and dancing with it, all the dance of life. I think that most of us have to balance that vata energy. It's fast moving and it's it's information and it's drying and it makes you wired. And I think that's what most people suffer with.
0: So vata energy is like it's a lot of things could have that and like experiences and things that are happening could have that energy. And then your kind of our goal is to come back to our own innate dosha, I guess. I want to acknowledge Mm
1: -hmm. our own unique, um, ratio of doshas within ourselves, because that's where we're going to feel, uh, well, that's what we're made of. So, 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 um, that's our kind of, uh, blueprint. Yeah. Um, so for example, if I was my other, my partner's, uh, more tridoshic i'd say he tends towards a more kapha imbalance and i'm vata pitta and i tend towards a vata imbalance mm. so he becomes when he gets overwhelmed he just goes quiet and wants to be alone and mm. you know do his own thing when i become imbalanced and i'm vata i'm like On my phone, on my laptop, looking for something to distract me from whatever pain or upset or, you know, I, you know, I jump from idea to idea. Mm -hmm. I want to chat about it a hundred times, you know, so my energy is very outwards. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, when so then Nick needs to go for a run to get out of his kind of sluggish state, Mm -hmm. and I need to have a bath. Something I never do, by the way, uh, Danielle. Mm-hmm. I, talk about, I, t- I talk about it, I Instagram about it, <laughs> but I look at the bath and I'm thinking, I haven't got half an hour. What am <laughs> I going to do for half an hour? I'm just going to lie there. Like, I've got things to do, you know? Yeah. And that's where we come out of our comfort zone and we need to, to do kind of the opposite to bring balance. So, Ayurveda is like increases like. You know, if you're hot and the temperature of the room goes up, you're going to get even hotter. And the opposite brings balance, so I've opened up a little window here to, to cool down.
0: Mm, that's nice. It's funny, like, the things that you don't have time for in those moments are genuinely the things you need most, aren't they?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like, if you don't have time to meditate for half an hour, you need to meditate for two hours.
0: Yeah, it's so true. Not helpful in the moment when you're,
1: like, all flighty. <laughs> everything needs doing! What needs doing? Everything! <laughs> but it's so
0: interesting to talk about it and to hear you explain it. I would it's love just... to be this
1: neat, organised person person that's very quite pitter um but I'm not I'm chaotic I, I just grab things put them down I mean I I've gone back to drawing recently for a project I'm doing and it, my mum despairs because ever since I was young I've always kind of been quite arty
0: yeah. I would just
1: suddenly decide to start painting in my bed <laughs> balancing on a magazine yeah. With a cup of tea and my mum's like, What are you doing? And then I'm like, well, here I am forty one years later. <laughs> That's
0: the true you. <laughs> um and then aside from like the diet side of Ayurveda what are some rituals that you've picked up that you particularly like? I know that you share a lot and you've got your tools which are amazing. Um, and you've just launched the, the hair treatments at Harry's in London, which I really, really want to try. They sound really interesting. Um, but, yeah, what would be some of your favourites or the, some of the first ones you discovered where you kind of thought it's just way more beyond food? It's like a ritual for so many areas of your life. I would
1: say, so my starting point, in, in the way that I really got hooked onto Ayurvedic Wisdom was when my um, teacher, Gary Goro, introduced the tongue scraper to me. Mm. This is copper, bend... And you just pass it down the tongue. It takes four seconds. I mean, it's very hard to have an excuse not to do something that takes four seconds. And actually, you don't even think about it. You just, it's a natural thing. I wake up and I want to get this gunk off my tongue. I can yeah. feel it. And in that moment, in, that, in those four seconds, I can see. I don't even have to, to say it like this, but in, this is how it happens. You can see, is your tongue looking healthy? Is it? swollen does it have teeth marks on the side is it red at the tip or has it got cracks on it is it bleeding how gunky was the gunk on your tongue Mm. um all of that information in in seconds tells you so much about how you've been treating yourself and how you need to treat yourself to Mm. to get back into your groove um so i would say 80 90 percent of people i introduce that to say they've never missed a day because you just you know it's what we wake up in the morning we have this this bad breath this yucky feeling in our mouth and it's part of the detox process of the body and so in the morning we really ideally want to have a wee have a poo have a shower um but first of all clean your tongue get that stuff off before you end up absorbing reabsorbing it by drinking water Mm. by chatting um just generally being awake so Mm. i do that um first thing in the morning
0: you can tell a lot from the tongue as well can't you there's like
1: you can read the tongue. You read the tongue, yeah. You, we, yeah. We, even if you can't read a tongue, you know, traditional Chinese <laughs> medicine is famous for it, but Ayurveda does too. Even if you don't know, what does the red tip of my tongue mean and the scalloped marks and why is my tongue purple today and why is it really pale today? Um, you know that it's not a healthy tongue. And what's so beautiful about Ayurveda is before they introduce any kind of herbal medicine or, you know, touch wood, no surgery or anything they just tweak your day they tweak your diet slightly tweak your day or oh, they don't you do um just going to bed earlier is sleeping at the right time of the day you know we know scientifically now about the circadian rhythm there's a reason the old wives tale of an uh, you know an hour before midnight is worth two after because it's just the energy of the day having an effect on us mm. and then uh what else can you do a main meal at lunchtime Uh, a light supper so that you're fully digested so that when you go to sleep you don't have to have cheese dreams (laughs) (laughs) or the or meat sweats or just have your dinner sitting there yeah uh interrupting things uh if you do eat late you've gone out for an evening you know ayurveda will tell you to stay up until it's digested which really helps. So, so instead of you going, oh, I've got six hours to sleep, but I'm so full, I'm really stressed out about it. You just go, do you know what? I'm just going to potter around for another half an hour, an hour till I feel like I'm digested. I'm going to sip yeah. this hot water or I'm going to have a little bit of spice or herbal tea to help me digest. And then I'll, you know, I'll, I'll then have four much deeper hours sleep, you know.
0: Mm, that's a nice way of looking
1: at it. Um, Other things like don't drink cold water and iced water you know just mm. tweaking that is to costs nothing mm. um and can have all the difference make all the difference and you'll see mm. it on your tongue you'll see it in in the way you go to the toilet
0: mm. see yeah. it in your energy
1: and your mood and how you feel about life
0: mm. and um talk a little bit about the hair treatments because i was reading about them as well and i just think they sound so interesting so how have you used Ayurveda for like beauty, but specifically your hair as well? Because you have amazing hair. <laughs> oh,
1: thank you so much. So interestingly, um, it's all kind of happened around the same, well, at the same time it happened in, in a good order, actually, because uh, I realised a few years ago that I don't stimulate my head enough. And mm-hmm. I love, I love massage. Like I'm putty I mean, I come from a Filipino uh, heritage from my mum's side. And, you know, my aunties used to pay me two p to pull out their grey hairs and, <laughs> But they just love me like sorting through their hair. And I used to earn about four P a session with grey hairs back then. But we just, you know, it's all part of like, you know, touch and feel and the tickle and it's so nice. But what happened was when I grew up to about twelve or thirteen and I became conscious about fashion and everything, I realised that brushing my hair was not great for my hair type. It would just become a bush. And this is before Mm. I knew about serums and frizz and all that kind of thing. And so I just stopped brushing my hair. And, um, and basically what I was doing was not uh, not only not uh, stimulating the, the hair follicles, um, I was also not getting very important energy points on the head. So in Ayurveda, mm-hmm. we understand there are 108 uh, or 107 physical energy points around the body. And so I got into combing my hair with a wide-toothed neem comb.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, the neem tree is very sacred in, in India for, for its multitude of uh, health benefits, from mm-hmm. the oils, the leaves, to the bark. And so I started to kind of comb my hair and then uh, got into marmotherapy therapy as well, something I experienced in India a few times. And uh, one of the things that can be combined with marmotherapy, therapy, because you can do it with your hands as well, is to use a cancer wand, which is uh, cancer means bronze. And it's, a, again, a sacred metal in uh, in uh, India or known as bell metal because they make the, the special bells and temples with it. Um, and this bronze is said to her be more healing than than gold or silver. Um, and just even, you know, we, we now know about copper and copper peptides in science. But yeah, using this this wand on your face, it's very smooth. You use it with oil on your body as well. You can use it on your head and we use it in the Harry's hair treatments. And people mm. are like, what is that? Because it's just you can kind of put a little bit of pressure and go into the face and the head and the neck and the shoulders and it feels like an incredible massage. And as the metal heats up, it kind of pushes the oils in and um, feels like a deep massage. Or you use it very, very lightly on the surface in circular motions clockwise. And you can do it on certain points on the face, head, neck, body. Um, and these are the mama points or vital energy points. Similar nice. to acupressure points in traditional Chinese medicine, but a bit different. Um and so it's a very therapeutic uh, thing to do. And I think combing my hair and using a Kanser wand before bed is one of my tried and tested tools in my toolkit for winding down at night. That sounds so nice. So nice. <laughs> and you just have to do it for a few minutes and you can feel... that the The lovely thing about ritual and routine is it becomes part of your cellular makeup and your body remembers what you're going to do. So even just thinking about having your hair combed, if you like your hair combed, or having a massage, if you like a massage. You can feel it in your body as if it's happening. It's already a calming effect. And it's the same with meditation as well. You know I can think about meditation and it feels so reassuring and feels like I'm connected to myself. I can almost get back there just from mm. thinking about it. Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously you know about my sound baths and things, Danielle, I love sound. And I was drawn to this feminine energy of sound bathing with crystal alchemy bowls. And that became you know, something that I shared from about 2018, 19 with people. It was a, a lifesaver for me because I was had horrendous morning sickness. Mm. And I got messaged, and I still get messages to this day about how my digital download soundbars help people.
0: Did it help you having sickness as well? Did it kind of
1: in a calming, energetic sense? Yes, it got me out of bed and washed every morning when all I wanted to do was lie there. It gave me a sense mm. of purpose. Um, and also it was lovely for the baby. You know, I had a baby inside me listening to these, you know, they're only 15 minutes long or 20 minutes long. Mm-hmm. And um, and then it was certainly something I listened to on earphones, you know, in the evening to just be, bathe myself in this, you know, it's like a, it's like a guided meditation. So when you don't feel like you can hold the space for yourself, um, a sound bath holds a space for you. Mm,
0: you can just surrender to it, can't you? It's
1: like walking into a wellness experience for example a massage or a holistic therapy uh, 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 session or a yoga class you walk in the door and you're committed and so when you do a sound uh, bath digitally you're also saying these 20 minutes are for me this is what i'm doing Mm -hmm. Um, and you commit and it Mm -hmm. gets done
0: and you mentioned it's it sort of brought a lot of feminine energy the the sound healing can you talk about that quickly like feminine and masculine because I think I was actually reading about it yesterday because I was feeling like a lot of masculine energy and what I'm doing just in my day-to-day and like my spare time I'm not really making much time at the moment to like do the things I really love and embrace that more like empowered feminine energy and doing more creative things or dancing or just anything like that so let's touch on that a little bit like the the, the, the two the feminine and masculine
1: so everything has an opposite and uh, so we have uh, this feminine and masculine energy and it is in all of us. Whatever it's not nothing to do with your sexual preference. It's basically an energy. The two energies that exist in together um, make this this balance. Um, and the yang energy we can say is the masculine sun energy. It's the doing energy. It's the getting things done. It's the energy that we need to get ourselves out of bed in the morning and work on making money or growing food or whatever it is you do to sustain yourself. Um, it gets you up and at them and, and focused and, and it creates the heat to get going and perform something. And then the yin energy is the feminine energy. you Think of it as the moon. It's the cool, calm, collected energy that you need at the end of the day, perhaps, to wind down, to settle and to be in that lovely state during the night to balance out that yang in the day. But what happens, I think, now is that we place so much emphasis on production, you know, like are you running a business? What are your achievements? What are your exam results? Have you built an empire? Are you you know, what what's your status at work? How much money do you earn? Um, how many sit-ups can you do? How many marathons have you, you know, got under your belt? It's this whole kind of uh, uh, it's only only valuing the masculine. And mm. that's where we basically burn out. Too much sun, too much heat, too much mm-hmm. masculine energy, burnout, and that's why I, you know, I, I speak to a lot of people, therapists, and they, they come from these crazy corporate masculine, toxic masculinity in an, in a different way almost. They, they they were high flyers in the city and they burnt themselves out, and it was only reflexology, acupuncture, meditation <sighs> that saved them, and they then end up being you know working in that field which is just an amazing story in itself Mm. um and so what we want to do is not burn out and then find the other side we want to nurture the two so maybe taking breaks in the day to feel cool calm collected before you take on the next project taking a two-minute breathing session between leaving work and picking up the kids so that you have that different energy when you go to get them taking the two minutes or one minute or even five seconds to think cool calm collected feminine yin energy before you know you take your work home to your other half and walk in the door and bring in this Mm -hmm. this cloudy you know rage perhaps um and so yeah how can you bring that into your day how can you have more of that how can you bring the fire when you need it then bring the cool moon energy when you need it and then Mm -hmm. certainly how in the evening can you make it build in that rest so that when you sleep, you sleep deeply. Because we need sleep and rest, not not just everything all in the seven hours at night.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's interesting. And I kind of visualise feminine energy as a much more kind of beautiful... I think something you're kind of drawn to and attracted to, it. not because it's feminine or whatever, but like the feeling of it and the energy of it. And I think just the way you described it, it's like you want to embody that... Um, energy more because you don't want to walk through the door with the big cloudy energy kind of thing and I think when you visualize it as an energetic thing it's almost that's kind of what helped me to kind of absorb it and really understand the concept more because you're like do I want to be operating at this speed and constantly achieving things which is great but also could affect my energy and and disrupt certain other areas of my life or do I want to be more balanced and like happy and positive and have a nice more positive effect on other people as well and just live in a more rounded way and I think like you said a lot of the people I've met in the industry too they were high flies and then they they kind of had to find something that they needed to change and then ended up being like wow this is amazing
1: and they had to ground and then build from the ground up but again mm-hmm.
0: but it's hard to get to that without really experiencing the other thing because you're like
1: that is, um, you know, I've had some times in my life, Danielle, where I've suddenly thought, where I've been really upset or frustrated or felt pants, and thought, but this isn't rock bottom yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it can get worse, and probably, I mean, you know, it sounds so cliche, and it, and some people, it's 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 not nice to hear, but if you can look at an illness or a a trauma and think that that's how bad it was now i'm now i now i build from here you know it's really? a it's it's a, it's the push to say i don't want this anymore for myself i'm going to yeah. go and get i'm going to go and create my another a life that that fits me that really? i am you know um and then for other people who are kind of bobbing along and haven't had the trauma or the heartache or the the illness they can never kind of see it because they just get trapped in this cycle of spend money, come back, you know, want more, and they can't, they don't see the need to get out of it. So there is a blessing in mm. some of these horrendous experiences sometimes. I'm probably mm. not saying it correctly, but... Um...
0: Yeah, and like you said earlier, coming back to, like, everything happening for a reason, which isn't always easy to hear, but it's like a lot of the time you could treat a trauma or, like, your rock bottom as, like final straw and this is it and you feel like the victim and you're just going to give up or it's sometimes someone once described it to me like I they were literally at rock bottom they're like I'm excited like this is actually interesting because I'm kind of like there's nothing to lose where am I going to go next like what am I going to do nothing
1: to lose I've my ego is like my, my my soul is bare is open Mm -hmm. you know go for it whereas a lot of people you know are frightened of hitting rock bottom you know of being labeled something or being you know seen as shit on someone's shoe you know there's so much shame um involved with on your Mm -hmm. way down you know and then the other thing is we don't have to go all the way down there's there's i think what the beautiful thing is about life now is we can actually begin to understand the first signs of of mental um disease you know Mm -hmm. Uh, unhappiness in the mind you know that's that's playing us we have the vocabulary we have the tools we have there are online platforms there are even just it sounds so cheesy a couple of quotes by fitch um hat nan who's recently passed away but um inspirational quotes just changes you know changes my energy from i give up to oh i've got everything i need here we go Mm, yeah Um, Yeah. and yeah so if you think of the 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 feminine masculine energy of like the warrior and grace and somehow try and bring it together to be a graceful warrior Mm. you know i think that's a nice way knowing that things are going to test you all the time because that is life if if you landed and it was smooth sailing from here on in what would be the purpose
0: yeah you'd get bored very quickly i
1: think but you might as well just be a rock or you know we we've heard the stories where people burnt born into opulence or being born into wealth who should have no worries mm. suffer you know mentally because they feel like yeah. they're trapped in this whole kind of world that's been created for them you know we we, we know the human the human the human has challenges as does everything in life. And so mm. when you go to ashrams or spiritual places, you will find people from all walks of life, all suffering from the same human condition.
0: Mm. Yeah, definitely. Which can be
1: reassuring, because it mm. means you're not the odd one out.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And let's just talk a bit about, like, the motherhood journey and, and touching on maybe the feminine energy. Did you feel that that was kind of naturally enhanced whilst you were pregnant or as you've become a mother?
1: Ah... <sighs> yeah I mean I explored a lot of stuff during this time I tried to really seek out it was quite hard actually finding a lot of information on Ayurveda for um, Mm. um, but luckily I've got a lot of Vaidyas or Ayurvedic doctors or practitioners that I can call and they gave me invaluable nuggets of wisdom um, because it's not part of my uh, you know where Ayurveda is lived and there's traditions that keep that knowledge in place I think it's easier but when your society norm is eat crackers to get over morning sickness and <laughs> you know it's it's interesting when i when i researched more and more about pregnancy and ayurveda and i discussed it with my mom she actually remembered a lot of the things that were are, are recommended or, or happen in ayurveda she actually recognized them from her own filipino mm. childhood her she has sisters who were almost a generation older than her. And she remembers that that's what they did. The massages, people wow. coming wow. over to do body work and to take care and look after the mother. And then when my mum was pregnant with me, it was a completely different world. She was in the, in the UK and um, mm-hmm. you just you just get on with it. You know, there isn't really that kind of, there's not that nurturing kind of thing. It's, and it's, it's very much reliant on hospitals and appointments and measuring and, yeah. you know, yeah. diagnostics and that kind of thing. I explored a lot of things. It was Im- amazing, actually. Just even like s- sexual energy and um, connecting to your uterus and your womb and your. I, I would mm. say actually, even connecting to my womb was actually quite a difficult thing. I knew about the importance of getting getting with your guts from a long time ago. Mm. You know, what I mean? get with your gut was one of the logos on our bags. But the womb one was interesting. I found mm. it really hard to connect to my womb, and actually, uh, a couple of people have said that my my energy is too masculine and I was shocked I was really shocked because I didn't you know you see it as like a someone calling you like a man yeah I worked in well-being but I was still running a business self-employed doing all this you know running around taking care of other people um or studying and this is a lot of masculine energy and I wasn't creating that feminine space for myself so that was a big journey in itself nurturing the feminine energy connecting to my womb um and again, this is where technology comes in, like um, the World Wide Web, finding things that spoke to me and that encouraged me when I couldn't find it from maybe friends, family or books mm. at the time.
0: Yeah, looking elsewhere rather than just reading like the books. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I, it was a bit of a, it was an exploration. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think the soundbards as well was another um, tool to help me stay in that feminine energy mm. mm-hmm.
0: love it okay well i always end every session with five quick questions i think the first one's a big one <laughs> biggest life lesson or pivotal moment that was perhaps unplanned but
1: transformational so many of those but the first one that came to mind just then i think i mean i think ayurveda has been pivotal mm. completely pivotal it's just given me tools to not get stuck and yeah. um, and to be to take care of my health and well-being. So when I know my digestion is not good, I just employ some things and it means that I don't have to be rigid about what is good and bad because there is no good and bad. It's about what's right for me now. So I think Ayurveda is, is, mm-hmm. is huge. As is manifesting. That's actually the one that came in first of all because um, that was a big awakening moment when I realised that there are things that I have manifested in life where I couldn't explain why I wanted to do things a certain way back then. And I was obviously tuned into my gut.
0: Mm. Yeah, because it's funny with manifestation, I'm very into it, but I feel like sometimes I've manifested things without actively manifesting them. So sometimes I'm like, how did I do it? And I was clearly in a really good place then, mentally or energetically, and how do I stay like that? Yeah, you were literally <laughs> like... just
1: giving out information from the gut about who mm. you were and what you needed. And then and it was attracted to you and came back. So Yeah,
0: and I think that's, that's good because nowadays there's a lot of, manifestation like steps that you need to take and I think it can become a bit overwhelming or like am I doing it right or am I doing this am I blocking myself and there's a bit of a like yeah. up and
1: down in it but I balancing think... the left and the right brain taking in the logical stuff and the academic stuff and then trying to have the experiential stuff and then meditating on it into becomes one big slow cooked stew
0: <laughs> and then you're
1: like oh I get it yeah, yeah. And yeah then for someone like me I find it very hard to describe what it is that I'm getting I get it and that's the most important
0: part I think that's another thing that's quite modern we have this need to explain everything and I think actually a lot I was talking to a friend of ours recently about it like if you can't explain it sometimes it is just a feeling and like if if we didn't have words or language or this like before the beginning of time or whatever like we would just feel things and we wouldn't ever think them we wouldn't analyse them we wouldn't have to put them into words yeah Mm. totally Okay, number two, three things that help you enjoy or just trust the process. Maybe if you're going through a period of unknown or discomfort or fear, like three like rituals or things that help
1: you kind of stay. I mean, probably that the, the biggest one that everyone talks about is getting out in nature. I think mm-hmm. fresh air, open sky, a horizon. We can't all get to a horizon, but the open sky makes me feel at the same time that my problems are so tiny and so insignificant mm. and puts them into perspective. And it also makes me feel like so wide and vast and powerful. So it has this mm. kind of weird two thing effect. The second one is meditation. And I talk about it all the time. I don't always do it, but it's just such a powerful tool for me that I've done so much meditation that just thinking about it takes me to that space. Mm. Mm.
0: That
1: and nice. the third one, I don't know, I guess daylight really feeds into getting outdoors. Yeah. Uh, so many i'm going to say <laughs> sound humming mm, humming for me breath. kind of incorporates sound and breath work at the same time mm. and breath is life um sound is life you know everything vibrates everything has a sound even if it's not audible and um and that just puts me i feel like men- mentally spiritually and physically everything comes together in that mm. in that time it just yeah, takes yeah. like three minutes of doing it yeah yeah <laughs> so good and honestly if I'd done that if I had if I'd done that at the beginning of our session Danielle I'd have gone <laughs> hmm. because I was quite nervous but I'm so relaxed with you now I feel like we're just sitting together you know that's Funny. how you realize the state of your your energetic state and whether you're in Uh, parasympathetic mode or in sympathetic mode so it's
0: funny i've done that before like an arm or something and been so just like not in the zone and you're like it sounds so wrong and weird (laughs) um okay number three recent discoveries so anything you've kind of discovered or enjoying recently could be food book podcast people products anything
1: uh so because we were talking about being pregnant it's a a big one it's a it's quite a like in your face but I'm gonna say Kim Anami whose podcast um I discovered while pregnant which is the weirdest time if you even look at her it's all about (laughs) sex obviously I'm already up the duff (laughs) about sexual energy and it's about connection to your womb your vagina everything and I think there's like real eye-opening stuff in there um and it's very in your face and I think for a Brit sometimes that American way of doing things can feel like a bit
0: yeah awkward uncomfortable but uh
1: yeah that was that was quite cool I mean I've not revisited it since I've had the baby but that was uh that was part of my life last year um what else am I really into um I also discovered no dig gardening Mm -hmm. again last year um and I really think that that played into me getting in the zone for getting pregnant mm-hmm. um i started growing veg. you know lockdown happened i was like well, wow Michael. you know yeah. my diary emptied work got got cancelled nick and i looked at each other because it's you know we this is our business together and there's no steady income otherwise mm-hmm. um and we just decided to start growing food and i at used to wake up and at that there's excitement that i probably only got as a child on christmas day of running mm-hmm. downstairs to see if your if your sweet peas are growing super exciting that's cool did, did you watch kiss the ground no i haven't i think i've been so vulnerable i've been very careful about what i'm taking on the screen at the moment yeah mm-hmm. because i because i'm somebody that can very much i'm not very discerning and so i can i can get pulled away by the emotion and everything from it and i can't see yeah. the, the tree sometimes so i feel like i have to get really kind of stable before i watch anything yeah. so that yeah. i can distinguish between the propaganda and also not exactly. you know take from it otherwise i'll just be like one minute I'm vegan, one minute I'm this. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's overwhelming. But they talk about like the soil and the no dig
1: revolution and everything. Really excited to 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 watch it. Um, and I, you know, reading about permaculture and people getting back on the ground and, you know, even as I was talking about just then, even this idea of rewilding, you know, mm-hmm. I love this concept, but then I also see that there's some problems with this concept, um, which is something else. Um, yeah. third thing is, uh, yeah, I think it's motherhood. I think it's this this little person has come into my life and and uh, i have to share space with her constantly and i'm really getting to know myself from that too Mm -hmm. that's so nice
0: such a cool journey
1: and then thinking about ancestrally you know it's Mm -hmm. just it's just a whole new thing it brings up
0: that's really cool um current favorite meal something you're making or eating a lot at the moment Mm
1: -mm, mm -mm, mm um raggy Mm -hmm. which is something it's a kind of a finger millet and I ate a lot of it during pregnancy and post and it's uh it's kind of got a malty taste to it and it's great for it's got it's high in iron and I kind of you can make malty drinks out of it and porridges Mm -hmm. and that's become like an absolute firm favorite on my breakfast repertoire that wasn't really there that much before and yeah my 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 nights out really are now 80s movies a pizza and a glass of wine and I really look forward to it you know on a Friday night that's mine and and Nick's thing and it used to be a bit of gardener's world thrown in there but the the series has stopped for a while oh that's so nice though that's my idea of like the best week I know who are we
0: Danielle (laughs) um last question three questions we should be asking ourselves regularly to ensure we're kind of on the right track or like just to check in with ourselves I guess
1: um, can I can I come back to the moment? The present moment, I think, is uh, a really good one. So just practicing that mindfulness, which feels such a chore and so tedious because your brain has been trained a different way. But remembering that the more we train in something, the easier it gets. So just using things around, whether it's things on, you know, notes on doors or using washing up or making a cup of tea, for example, as your mindfulness moment of... Here I am, I'm present. How's my breathing? So I've noticed the last couple of days I've got had a little bit of anxiety because I noticed my it wasn't like I was gasping for air, but I noticed a yeah. yeah. change in my breathing. Um so check in check in with yourself to to practice being in the moment. The other one that I think is really good is what's coming next. So I was quite rattled before we got online with you, Danielle. I didn't even have time to tell you I'm not gonna be there in the next five minutes, even though <laughs> I was because so much was happening and my poor little brain was just being pushed and pulled and so when i sat down i just kind of envisaged having a lovely chat with you and it has happened so <laughs> so I'm kind of like just seeing what's coming next and and designing your life if you like mm-hmm. and then the third one is before bed tidy up after yourself and i mean tidy up your experiences of the day so you can either work backwards or work from the beginning of the day, waking up and just travel through. And then when you hit her like a, oh, oh. He said something to me today and I, I felt like he was having a go at me.
0: You know, that like that
1: tiny pang. feeling, that pang. Like, what was that about? And at the time you didn't react to it cause you didn't want to seem like you'd reacted to it. And now you're just before bed. You're like, what was that? Oh, I think he said something. I can't remember. If, I don't know if he was directing it at me or... Or is it because I didn't hand in that report on time? <laughs> or you start going through it and start... And do you know what? No, there was nothing there. No, that report, we, we already ironed that bit out. No, maybe I'm just... No, maybe I'm just being sensitive. And you kind of... Even if he actually was having, whoever he was, <laughs> uh, a go at you or whatever, just make it nice. Like going, yeah. do you know what? He's having a shit day. Or he's just like that. He didn't know that he was doing that. Or I've obviously done something to... Uh, rub him up the wrong way i'm just gonna be i'm just gonna kill him with kindness tomorrow Mm. yeah so that four in the morning or between two and four in the morning vata time you don't wake up going cold sweats of like (gasps) yeah Yeah. i think actually he's gonna sack me or i think actually (laughs) he's gonna ask me remove from that project with me you know all those kind of crazy yeah
0: Yeah. it's good because sometimes you just have that feeling and it is a pang and you're like what is that and what was it and i think like you're saying it's good to unpick it and it's good to ask questions around it and process it in your own way and like really take time to
1: yeah and then one technique I learned once from a YouTube video actually is what's the worst that can happen Mm. honestly what is the absolute worst that can happen he can label you lazy or say something even worse about you and people could think that you're that person and then you could die Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> and once you look death in the face like that yeah. i mean obviously i'm not not anywhere near having looked death in the face but once you like what is the worst that can happen you know yeah and yeah. you kind of just liberate it i feel and i am talking yeah. about really superficial stuff here and it's yeah. and it's it's the crap that we fill our minds with and then that has a knock-on effect on our bodies um and the stuff that yeah just put to bed the crappy little things don't sweat the small stuff that they're the techniques that help me not make something into a big deal
0: yeah i love it well it's been so nice
1: chatting to you Um, thank you um,
0: yeah i hope that i will see you soon when i'm
1: next around lovely (laughs) come and have a harry's treatment and uh we'll have a catch up in london
0: I really hope you enjoyed this episode with Jasmine. It's been such a nice opportunity to catch up with her. And I always just find she has really, really interesting approaches to things and insights that just inspire me in different ways all the time so I hope that you felt inspired by the chat that we had today and I hope you'll leave this episode feeling like you learned something or inspired to try something new some of the rituals that we talked about perhaps and as always if you are enjoying the podcast please do share it with friends or family who you think might enjoy it too as well as leaving a review because it really helps the visibility of the podcast and for other like-minded people to find it too I've got some really great guests lined up for the rest of the year and we touch on some really interesting topics some that are really close to my heart and I feel will really inspire you and I hope help you in some way too so keep tuning in and in the meantime have a great rest of your week